0: Welcome to Adventure AI, a d podcast. I'm your host, Alex the Language Lord. Today, Jason and I are going to help Tyler and our two guests make characters for a campaign that doesn't exist yet. All right. Thank you, Alex, for that
1: introduction. Uh, my name is Jason Conforto and I am back. Playing Dungeons and Dragons on my favorite podcast, Adventure AI. Your
2: favorite podcast. Well,
1: it's actually, favorite po- <laughs> actually your second favorite podcast. It's, it's, if, if I had to rank all my podcasts, I don't know if it would make top ten. But <laughs> <laughs> that, that I listen to. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Oh, sure, it, it actually is among my top ten. Yes, it's in your I top ten. To. It's just
2: not. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: You know. Uh, it's my favorite one to play Dungeons and Dragons on though. So that's it's your favorite
3: podcast that you're on. That I'm on.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That that is true. I'm joined today with my
2: co host, Tyler Crump. How are you? Hello. I'm doing fantastic. Welcome back to real life or from real life. From real life. Yeah. Here we are. I'm here. I'm I'm ready. You're ready to play? I'm ready to play. Awesome. It's fun to DM sometimes, but it's also fun to play. Yeah. And
1: I'm in the DM seat tonight. So uh, oh, enjoy right. enjoy the player seat over Ooh, there. Very good. That's a good spicy. Joining us a brand new person that you've never heard before, Maddie. Oh,
3: hey guys. It's nice to meet you Look <laughs> Luke who's back. Long time listener, first time player.
1: <laughs> Maddie, thanks for, uh, I, 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 we've lost count on how many episodes or, uh, seasons you've Does not really on. matter yeah, at this point? I mean,
3: yeah, I'm, I'm the single childless friend that you have. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so like, dependable, so dependable for dungeons and for dragons.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to play D&D? Yeah. 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 yeah when?
3: Yeah. Anytime tomorrow, fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm already at your house playing. <laughs> yeah.
3: I've so. got my spells picked out already. Let's go.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Welcome back. Thanks for being part of our, our family. Thanks but, for having me. Uh really, we do have a new player, some a voice that we haven't heard before. Ryan Razor, thanks for uh joining us today. Well, thanks for
4: having me here. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your uh D D background. Well, my D and D background is is kind of short. I've only been playing for what, two years now? Oh, really? I actually didn't know that. Yeah. I've. All, uh, Jason got me into it. He invited me over and I uh, tried it out and I've, been, I've really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy the storytelling aspect of it. Mm. More like the story te- story listening aspect of it. I've never DM'd myself, but it's... Uh, it's just a blast to to have that camaraderie too, and just to joke around the table. <laughs> well, and we got a surprise. We're going to force Ryan to DM tonight. so oh, no. take oh, it
1: away, okay. <laughs> no, take <laughs> it away, me. Everybody right. get the <laughs> worst. <It's a>
3: surprise <laughs> round on Ryan. Like, oh. oh, hey! So Ryan, you're, you're a also tavern. a
4: real life crafter. Tell us a little bit about your crafting. So I I've been three D printing for a lot of our campaigns that we've done, um, uh, and then three D printing other minis models and whatnot. Uh, actually have a gift for you guys today. Oh wow. Oh nice. Look at this. Everyone on the podcast. Everyone on the podcast. On the podcast. Oh, we're right.
2: going to describe this to you. This is a Thank you. Uh, <laughs> this is an HP counter.
1: Yes. Oh,
4: oh, am I right? Okay. So this.
1: it has a little three little wheels. So yeah. if you have over 100 hit points, you can uh, you can have almost 1000 hit points with this wheel, right? Almost oh 999.
3: Thank you so much. This is going to be so useful for <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah.
4: They're kind of fun. it's a prototype of uh I'm I'm I've been designing a DM screen right now that will utilize these oh, as well. Cool. But, uh, and you just use these for yourself or you sell them too? I'm I'm, I'm selling them as well. I've just started a website. Oh. Tell us. Yeah, tell it, us. It's uh, Razor's Cutting Edge. That's R-A-S-O-R. My last name, play on words. Mm-hmm. I'm also very punny. Mm-hmm. Razorscuttingedge.com.
1: Well, good. Well, thank you for being here. And uh, yeah, go check out uh, Ryan's stuff. Get some things. Uh, use the promo code ADVENTUREAI to get 100% discount. No, don't. <laughs> <laughs>
5: there, There's no promo codes. Oh, Ooh. Ryan's eyes were you, big. Like, no, ah.
4: you, you could try. <laughs> let see yeah. if that happens. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that try. promo code will be up for another 24 hours, but this episode Eps- releases in It'll like be way later, three weeks. So, so, right. you've missed your, you either knew missed your or chance. you didn't know. <laughs> Sorry. Well, something different we're doing tonight. This is our character creation. For our audience, you'll notice that this is the first episode of this uh, season. Usually we start with a DM prepisode,
5: prep mm-hmm. and we
1: decided to forego, uh, not forego the, the prepisode, prep but Post we're going to place maybe. it after The character creation. So what we're going to do today is we're going to create three characters uh, for this one shot. And then I'm going to take that information that we get today. And Alex and I are going to go back and we're going to review it. And then we're going to come up with a campaign or a one shot tailored to the three
2: characters we create uh, today and their backstories. And and Jason, what was like... Just like a high level, your thought process on thinking maybe why we should switch this up. Just to give the play, the, the listeners some context.
1: Here, here's why. Because I would do a DM prep episode and then we create characters and the characters would have a rich background that was unrelated to the story that, yeah. that uh, we did. And then I would go back and I would redo the campaign with Alex, but not recording. And I thought, maybe this is a better place to place that. So we're going to try it. We're going to see if that works and and if it becomes more interesting. Um, For me, I have found that I... Out of everything that we do on the show, I think character creation is my favorite. Yeah, followed by the actual play, followed by the pre episode, followed by the recap. That's kind of where I'm. So am.
3: this isn't procrastination. <laughs> no, at all, of is? course.
1: <laughs> I mean, there there are advantages <laughs> to, to how we did this. So yeah, for sure. So uh, I think that's. Uh, I think we should just jump into it. So. Uh, Tyler, tell me a little bit about um, the character that you're excited to play. Or, no, I guess you don't get to pick your character. Uh, Give me some some parameters. I don't really
2: know here. Yeah. I would like to play a character that has some sort of life-threatening problem. (laughs)
3: <laughs> unrelated to the campaign. Unrelated
2: to the campaigns. It's like terminally ill or something. Oh, who knows? I don't <laughs> even know at this point. And and maybe I'm ripping off some of the stuff that I saw from uh, some other games. there's Gate
5: Three.
2: But I do think it would be interesting to have a character that has some sort of. There's there's something that's making me worry about my life or that there's something that's potentially dangerous for me, it could be an internal threat, it could be an external threat, I don't really know.
0: Certainly, Alex the Language Lord can suggest some character concepts for Tyler that involve life-threatening problems. 1. Cursed by a dark entity, Tyler's character could be cursed by a malevolent being, slowly draining his life force. 2. Terminal illness survivor Tyler could play a character who has miraculously survived a deadly illness. 3. Haunted by visions of doom, Tyler's character could be plagued by prophetic nightmares or visions of a looming catastrophe. Ooh. Ooh, this could motivate him to bad. prevent the catastrophe or uncover its mysteries. 4. Possession by a spirit, Tyler could portray a character who shares his body with a powerful, benevolent spirit but risks losing control if the spirit's malevolent counterpart gains strength. 5. Marked for sacrifice, Tyler's character might have been marked as a sacrifice by a cult or dark organization Mm -hmm. constantly on the run while trying to unravel the reasons behind the ominous attention. 6. Mysterious bloodline Tyler could explore a character with an enigmatic ancestry, carrying a bloodline curse that grants power at a cost. 7. Fading memories Tyler could play a character whose memories are fading due to a magical affliction. Which of these options resonates with Tyler? Alex Wonders.
3: Okay, hear me out.
0: <laughs> uh, yes, could, okay. If, if you
3: pick the marked for sacrifice win, it could just be that your character is constantly failing to convince people he's not a virgin. <laughs> 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 guys, they didn't surprise. say virgin sacrifice.
5: Said, uh, guys... <laughs> It's Isn't it. that the like the
1: whole plot of uh Hocus Pocus? <laughs> <Is it? laughs>
5: I don't know. I don't know if I've seen that one. Is that I swear you guys I, swear, guys, <laughs> I promise. Person, please stop trying to kill me in your
2: sacrifices. Okay. Although that is super hilarious. <laughs> uh, Mark
1: for Sacrifice was my favorite. <laughs> I don't really like it. I didn't see that coming. But what, what uh Yeah, that what... is not
2: that is not the one. Um, what one what one wow. spoke
1: to you though, Tyler?
2: So I'm thinking about Oh man, there were so many good ones. So I liked the idea of the prophetic visions. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that one was kind of cool, especially since we don't really have the one shot like kind of charted out. That could potentially be interesting there. Prophetic visions were interesting. I liked the idea of being possessed.
4: Yeah, the shared that's possession. That's yeah, a shared hero.
2: possession. It's almost like a Jekyll Hyde kind of thing mm-hmm. going on there, which could be fun. Uh, and then, of course, the mark for sacrifice was interesting, but not the same, t- ter- <laughs> not the same <laughs> turn that Maddie, of course, managed yeah, to right. pull out there.
3: As long as it's not the, uh, like, illness one. I'm like, yeah, let's keep it light here. And yeah,
5: yeah, survivor. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I was like, well, and that's what I was thinking, right? I was thinking, like, Alex was going to give us things like, oh, you have a terminal illness. But, like, those are some really great ideas. Right. I mean, oh, one oh, of yeah. them was terminal illness. Yes, one that. of them was. That yeah. was the worst one, in yeah, my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't remember don't all of want the Iron Man. So, so I'll just in review them real quick. So yeah. it was
1: <laughs> cursed by a dark entity, terminal illness survivor, haunted by visions of doom, mm-hmm. possession by a spirit, marked for sacrifice, mysterious bloodline, and fading memories.
3: If you do choose the terminal illness one, it could be that we're racing for a cure. Right? Racing I mean, for a cure. Everybody's got. Yeah, you know, that's the quest.
2: Yeah, no, I wonder if we could. Man, I'm, I'm thinking, like, if there's a way we could c- c- combine a couple. Do I, have to roll, do I have to roll some dice? I just don't uh, know. Or do, I mean, what, are we, what are we thinking? I here? think
1: marked for sacrifice and pick one other one, and we'll see what he comes up with The merge of
2: them. Okay, let's do marked for sacrifice and the
0: possession. Marked for sacrifice with a possessive spirit, Tyler's character could have been marked for sacrifice by a cult or dark organization due to a malevolent spirit residing within him. This spirit may have its own motivations and desires, potentially clashing with Tyler's goals. This dynamic adds layers of internal and external conflict to the character's story. Let me mull over on that
2: one for a second. We can go let's let's go to Maddie and, and, and I can mull over that and I can decide okay. if we want to enhance it a little bit. I think there's a couple things I might want to put there, but let's Good. Let's, um, go to, let's go to the next person. Perfect. We'll go to Maddie.
1: Maddie, uh, tell me what you're thinking for for your character. Right.
3: So it sounds like Tyler's got a lot going on. Um, so I kind of just wanted to go against the grain with normal D&D characters and just mm. basically have like a super well-adjusted home life. Um, it's just kind of <laughs> <laughs> adventuring out for the road, has no, like very worry-free. So I want like a good support class. It's like, hey, you know... Just got some spells one day. Here to what are we doing, guys? And like that kind of happy yeah. go lucky. So you I mean like
2: of, a not you like a character with no trauma?
3: Yeah, no trauma. <laughs> like <laughs> like absolutely just like, yeah, whatever, you guys are my friends just here to help no, mr frodo no dog in this fight
1: <laughs> no, I, I want a boring character <laughs> yeah exactly how, do, how else do you say that
3: yeah okay. I, I want an npc no but, um, so but, i guess i just want yeah one that's really well adjusted so like what would be like a silly kind of build like a racing class that would be be a good support for the party
0: maddie's desire for a character with a well-adjusted home life and a carefree attitude lends itself well to creating a character with a lighthearted and supportive role in the party. Here's a suggestion for a race and class build that aligns with these characteristics. Race, Halfling Class, Bard The Bard class is an excellent choice for a character who embodies a carefree and supportive attitude. With this race and class combination, Maddie's character can bring positivity, humor, and support to the party, making her a valuable addition to the team while maintaining her carefree demeanor and well-adjusted home life. If Maddie has any specific preferences, or if she'd like more details on this character build, please let Alex, the language lord, know.
3: So I didn't expect that he was just going to give me the illustration of a halfling from the player's <laughs> handbook. <No. laughs> you <laughs> asked for
1: something boring and I straightforward. Guess, I guess that's a good it. point.
3: You know what? I, I asked for this. I guess this is where we're at. Um, I don't know. I think something that also, though, I want something that lends itself that's n- to like that you wouldn't think would be carefree. So like. I don't know, like an orc or a goblin, like it's like the whole family is just like super nice. Like, (laughs) I don't know, something that maybe, I don't know, ask him, ask him, ask him, Jason.
0: Okay. Certainly, here's a carefree option for Maddie that includes an unconventional race. Race, goblin or orc. While goblins and orcs are often portrayed as fierce and aggressive, Maddie's character could be an exception, embracing a carefree and nonconformist lifestyle class druid or barbarian a druid character could have a unique connection with nature living a carefree existence in the wilderness and finding joy in the simplicity of life alternatively a barbarian character could be carefree in the sense of living life to the fullest embracing their primal instincts and enjoying every moment this unconventional approach to goblins or orcs as carefree characters can create an interesting and refreshing twist on traditional D&D stereotypes, allowing Maddie to play a character with a unique personality in your campaign.
3: So thanks again, Alex, for giving me exactly what I asked for. <laughs> you, know, you know what,
1: though? Uh, I think maybe if we ask him, like, what would a peaceful <clears throat> barbarian look yeah, like? Yeah, that's
3: what I'm thinking. I like yeah. the idea of, like, an orc barbarian that is just chill as hell. Like... <laughs> raging i'm not raging
2: specializes in baking yeah, right. <laughs> i am i am proficient in uh cookie sheets yeah.
4: <laughs>
0: just likes to brew his own beers yeah, so. right. so like, this is awesome
3: i'm the camp cook
0: a peaceful and chill orc barbarian would be a refreshing twist on the typical image of a raging aggressive orc here's what that character might look like race orc while orcs are often associated with a fierce and warlike nature, Maddie's character stands out as an exception, having embraced a more peaceful and laid-back lifestyle. Class, Barbarian. As a barbarian, Maddie's character can still tap into the primal rage and power of her orc ancestry when necessary. However, she chooses to channel this energy in a controlled and balanced way, preferring diplomacy and nonviolent conflict resolution whenever possible. Maddie's character could serve as the group's mediator and peacemaker, using her wisdom to defuse tense situations and find peaceful solutions. In combat, she might focus on non-lethal tactics, using her strength to incapacitate foes rather than causing harm. This character concept adds depth to the typical orc barbarian archetype and can lead to interesting role-playing opportunities.
3: Yeah, all right. Sounds good. I think I'm going to go with the orc barbarian. I'll f- I'll figure the background out later, but I'm thinking yeah, like
0: Okay. Think about think like
3: about
2: some questions for the background
1: yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. I'm thinking
3: I've got I got I got some I got some prompts.
2: The orc barbarian that's definitely not a virgin. Yeah, right.
3: <laughs> hey guys.
4: I promise. It sounds kind of like a Keanu Reeves type. Yeah. it's just like, dude, this is awesome. But he can John Wick it up if yeah. he needs to. Or he's
3: like Popeye, like he rages when he eats spinach. There, like- you, go. <laughs> there you go.
4: All right, Ryan. Let's make a character for you. What do you What are you looking for for your I character? Have, I've been thinking a little bit about this, and I I was wanting to be a uh, like a character that is kind of a contradiction. What do you mean by that? These are fun. You know, like a. Like a, a gnome who's the barbarian. Or it kind of stinks that we have barbarian. Barbarian already.
2: bros. Barbarian
4: <laughs> But yeah,
0: just something that doesn't seem to fit. Certainly, Ryan can explore some race and class combinations that don't typically align or even appear contradictory. A dwarf rogue might have a background as a treasure hunter or a locksmith. A halfling barbarian could be motivated by a desire to protect their peaceful home. Playing a Goliath bard would challenge the typical stereotypes associated with both the race and class, perhaps depicting a warrior poet or storyteller. A Kinku paladin might have experienced a profound change of heart, vowing to redeem their past through valor and honor. These race and class combinations can lead to fascinating character backgrounds and role-playing opportunities as Ryan explores the unique challenges and motivations that arise from these contradictory pairings. All right. So, Ryan, which one of those uh, kind of
4: spoke to you? I totally see myself as the Goliath Bard. The Goliath yeah, Bard. That, that rules. I want to yeah. be the Goliath Bard playing a ukulele. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> like giant fingers that are playing this delicate little this instrument that he can barely it's fit like we're in creating his creating a little hippie colony. Right? <laughs>
5: creating, between this, our peaceful, chill barbarian.
3: And then we've got this somebody who just got some dark stuff going on. And just, <laughs> we're, we're
4: going we're gonna to help him out a little bit. Don't worry about it, bro. Cling. Yeah, ding, ding. of course you'll help, we'll help you out. You're our friend. <laughs> just, just sit here and listen to this music. I promise it'll be awesome. It'll be so awesome. It'll help the darkness just kind of disappear. You? Do you want to do the ukulele, or do you want? Should we ask Alex? We'll, we'll ask Alex what delicate instrument I can, uh, my <laughs> the,
5: Goliath the flute. Bard will play. <laughs>
0: To a, the flute. Flute. <laughs> a A piccolo. <laughs> like, a <Pancolo>. <laughs> For Ryan's Goliath barred character, a small instrument that contrasts with the Goliath's typically large and imposing stature could be an intriguing choice. Here is an option Mouth Harp, Jews Harp. This small and simple instrument can produce unique and twangy sounds. Yes. It's easy to carry and adds a touch of folk music to the character's repertoire. I'm
5: just (laughs) I
2: think think it's so funny that potentially he's a bard, but that's the only (laughs) thing that he uses. (laughs) (laughs) But
4: have you heard him
3: play, dude? It'll blow your mind. Dude, it's so awesome. (laughs) I just imagine like whatever small instrument you choose, right? Is that NPCs will see this bard performing and they can't see it in his giant hands. Like, where is that
4: coming (laughs) from? It'll be mostly in my mind mouth there's <laughs> more i mean, it's like
3: what's happening <laughs>
2: is he beatboxing or said no actually i'm not <laughs> <laughs> he's playing the mouth harp <laughs> your choice though i'm not gonna make you do whatever but i kind of think it'd be hilarious <laughs> all right
1: here's here's the only thing i request is uh before we record the actual play you go out and
4: buy yourself a <laughs> mouth harp <laughs> and you learn yeah. how to play i'll that learn or, how make to, or, or make one or make one i'll <laughs> make a mouth harp <laughs> yeah
3: also bring in some blades of grass to... There you
4: go. <laughs> I do know how to do that, so I can do that. There you go. I just imagine the image of just
2: like this huge lumbering yeah. guy just climbing up onto stage. He in can red also perform. play Two Spoons, but he
3: never
5: does.
1: <laughs>
3: he, he's,
2: he's really good at it. But.
3: It's giving like Tom Bombadil almost. <laughs> I hate Tom Bombadil. He's like the worst character. Lord For Lord. real. Uh,
2: okay, now... I,
4: okay, are you, are you I'm good? good with the Goliath, Goliath bard playing the the mouth harp. I think that'll be fun. Okay. All right. And um, then we were going to go to beat then. Yeah, right? let right? okay.
1: We don't even have a race in class for you, but we, let's, we don't, we, I don't really, really do care about that right yeah, now. Let's, but let's decide other stuff. I want to know,
2: do? I want to know what sort of spirit is possessing my character. I want to know, uh, like maybe they have like some motives or what, like if there's like a spirit has like a special name, you know, something like it's uh Mr. Hyde or it's like, you know, the whole, it's Jekyll, right? Jekyll's the bad one, right? Hyde's yeah. the... Doctor Hyde, whatever. Doctor Jekyll. Dr. Dr. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a minute.
5: I'm I'm Mr. Mr. Hyde is, Hyde
1: the, is the, bad bad yeah. the bad guy. Hyde's the bad guy, right? You can tell because the doctors, doctors, right. yeah,
2: Doctor Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, uh, or just whatever it may be. Like, what is the spirit that's possessing me, and and maybe
0: like, why is it possessing me, or is it good or bad or whatever? I'm right.
3: such a hater.
0: Let's let's no. find out what you got. Certainly. Here are three different ideas for spirits that could be possessing Tyler's character, each with its own malevolent motive. 1. Spirit, Zephyrion, the Whispering Tempest. What? Zephrion <laughs> is a vengeful air elemental spirit. Its evil motive is to unleash destructive winds and storms upon the world, seeking retribution for the harm done to the natural world by reckless civilization. 2. Spirit, Morgrel, the Cursed Shadow. Morgrel is a shadowy entity that feeds on fear and despair. Its evil motive is to plunge the world into darkness, sowing chaos and discord among mortals so it can thrive on their suffering. 3. Spirit, Askranth, the Corrupter of Dreams Askranth is a sinister dreamweaver spirit. Its evil motive is to infiltrate the dreams of mortals, filling their minds with nightmarish visions and manipulating their deepest fears to gain power and control over their waking lives. Each of these spirits can add an intriguing layer of conflict and story to Tyler's character as he grapples with the possession and seeks to thwart the spirit's malevolent agenda. Tyler can choose the one that resonates most with him and fits well within the campaign's narrative.
2: Isn't Zefram from season one? <laughs>
5: <laughs> Zefram was
1: the uh, the language god that uh, That's t- did Mac, the total party TPK
2: us. Yeah. yeah,
3: me yeah. and Maddie,
2: but mm-hmm. not but not Maddie and I. Um, this these versions of us, no. but a previous version of us, yeah, the
3: real life version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't remember your names,
1: but I remember
2: Casper and Vale.
3: Yeah, Casper and Vale.
2: Stupid guys. Um. Oh, man. As much as I'd love to do a throwback to season one. Zephyron. Thanks, Alex, by the way, for opening up that deep cut. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I actually think I liked the last one. Uh, I don't remember the name of it, though. What was the name of the last one again? As Kranth. Yeah, I didn't like the name, but I liked what it did.
1: (laughs) Did you want to go with Zephyron, um, Corrupter
2: of Dreams? Yeah, let's do that. Can we um, combine those two? Instead of calling him, it's just, it just sounds like I have something that I should eat more potassium. Oh, I've got an ass cramp. <laughs> <laughs> no? Yeah, yeah a bit. That's exactly what I okay, thought okay. he said it first. I was like,
1: wait, wait. I don't think we it can just, use just, that. Just so the audience knows, it's spelled A-Z-K-R-A-N-T-H.
2: Yeah, that's the one we're not going to go yeah. with. But we're going to take their m- of dreams. benevolence, though, right? Use the name Zephyron? Is that yeah. do you want yeah, to? Yeah, it? let's call it Zephyrion just because, you know, because of the deep cut, but we're gonna give it different motives. Um I like that. Maybe we probably should give me a race in a class while we're at it too, though. Maybe maybe let's ask Alex if we can give me uh, a race in a class that will that uh
3: He's just a guy. There is no race in class, it's just it's some just regular some guy. guy. Yeah, human commoner, we got commoner. one hit point.
2: <laughs> Level five, human commoner. <laughs> I was thinking of one that would like have a reason why he they why they actually got possessed like a race and a class that's somehow tied to the possession
0: itself To create a character concept that provides a compelling reason for Tyler's character being marked for sacrifice and possessed by Zephyrion, we can consider the following. Race: Tifling. Tieflings often face prejudice and mistrust due to their infernal heritage. Tyler's character could come from a community that views tieflings as cursed or dangerous, making him a target for the cult's sacrificial rituals. Mm -hmm. Class Sorcerer Tyler's character could be a sorcerer, born with innate magical abilities tied to the same infernal ancestry that marks him as a tiefling. Zephyrion might have taken an interest in him due to this latent magical potential. Background Acolyte or Sage to further tie the character to the cult and Zephyrion, Tyler can choose the acolyte or sage background. This could represent his involvement with the cult in the past, perhaps as a novice seeking knowledge or redemption. Character Story Tyler's character could have been part of a cult or religious order that worships Zephyrion unknowingly, mistaking the malevolent spirit for a benevolent deity. Mm-hmm. He discovered the true nature of Zephyrion's intentions and attempted to break free from the cult's influence, only to be marked for sacrifice. Zephyrion chose to possess Tyler's character due to his unique magical abilities, seeing him as a means to further its malevolent agenda. This backstory provides a strong reason for Tyler's character being marked for sacrifice and possessed by Zephyrion. It also opens up opportunities for character growth and redemption as he seeks to free himself from the spirit's control and thwart the cult's sinister plans. All right, how are you liking that?
2: I like that. I think mean, that's good. Yeah, so I think it like, works.
0: I feel like I joined some cult. I thought that they were
2: good guys, as so
1: as, as you normally do when you join a cult. As you do, you know, you like these happens, guys. They're right? cool.
2: And it's I'm fun like, at first. It's always, It's
3: always fun at first. And then the matching outfits. Yeah, yeah.
2: Once the matching outfits come you know,
1: out, at first the matching outfits are. <laughs> Kind of cool. That's true. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, you know, the depends, uniform. Depends. Yeah. depends on the outfit. Yeah. Really we're all depends, part it really depends. It works <laughs>
3: great.
2: <laughs> and then uh, I find out they're not really as cool as I thought they were. I bounce. They itch. They, uh, they I get possessed. I bounce. Now they want to kill me. Yeah. That's it. You know what? Uh, do you think your cult only
1: wanted you for the sacrifice?
2: Oh, I don't know. That might be a good. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, maybe that's what they They, they recruited they you. Recruited me because the Lord, you with the they wanted to kill we... me in the uh. second, in the first place.
1: Yeah, that's good stuff. Okay, I'm gonna let I'm uh, at... Alex know we're going with that.
2: I don't think I think that's good. I like that. I like it too. Yeah, it'll be fun. It's semi cliche in some ways, but it's also okay because the rest of you are all weird. Yeah, no, it's I'm like just it's just like <laughs> it's
3: like those memes of like the really well drawn characters. Like my D and D party, is, like the one serious character. and It's all these joke characters, like SpongeBob, <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> SpongeBob, Patrick, SpongeBob, and got Squidward over here. Yeah. Squidward mm-hmm. over
2: here, and there's like the one guy who's like, I am a paladin. Who is here to save <laughs> the lives <laughs> of? No. It's like, more no, like no
3: SpongeBob, guy. Patrick, and Aragorn. Aragorn. Like, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> like, it's a,
1: all right, I think we are in a good place with your character. We'll let uh, we'll let that tiefling yeah, stew for a let little me stew bit on that for a
2: second. I might come up with a couple. More We're
1: gonna go then. back to our uh, our chill orc just chill, barbarian. Just, like, had a
3: good life. Yeah, tell
1: us uh, tell us what else you want to know.
3: So I want to kind of go into what his family life was like, and so and just kind of like what his upbringing was like. So I I wanted to ask him. So like, what's something that makes him cry? Like without like, and what did his mom used to do to? Soothe him whenever he got upset.
1: All right. That's that's great. I love lead. <laughs> <laughs> A very different story. These yeah. are very different uh. Yeah, he's like got these like were.
3: dark colts after him. It's like every time I turn on the lead before time.
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was American Tale. Fievel!
5: Oh, Papa! Fievel!
0: Papa! <laughs> Just tears every time. All right, here we go, Maddie. Maddie's character could be deeply moved by acts of kindness and selflessness, hmm. especially <laughs> when witnessing individuals from different backgrounds coming together for a common good. This is great. <laughs> acts of compassion and unity remind them of the potential for harmony in the world. That's what How the mother cry. used to suit them. <laughs> When Maddie's character was upset as a child, their mother would tell them stories from their Orsus tribe's history, emphasizing tales of cooperation, reconciliation, and peaceful coexistence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) These stories instilled in them a belief in the power of unity and the importance of finding common ground with others. This backstory provides a source of inspiration and a guiding philosophy for Maddie's character, aligning with their peaceful and chill nature. It also gives depth to their emotional reactions and helps shape their worldview in the D&D world.
3: Did that dwarf, and when the elf were friends,
5: and Uh,
3: they
4: played the game where they counted how many people died? (laughs) It was just so
5: beautiful.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
1: It wasn't even like people being mean or anything. It's like when people are nice,
5: it's like like
1: the
3: tears (laughs) start
4: That's great. I That's
3: need to go great. call my mom, guys.
1: Okay, what else do you want to know about your character while we're with you, Maddie?
3: I'm wondering what um, extracurricular activities he did in high school.
1: In his youth.
3: In his in his youth. Uh,
1: why don't we get you a name first? Oh yeah. Oh, we should probably name all of us now. I think actually on this next. You know what? I'm no. gonna I'm gonna just ask right now.
0: Names for all three characters,
3: and we have to fight over who gets which one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just name all three of them. Here are names for all three characters. One, Tyler's Tifling Sorcerer possessed by Zephyrion. Character name, Tharvok Stormrider. Tharvok Stormrider. Two, Maddie's Peaceful Orc Barbarian. Steve. Character name, Grinna Stoneheart. Three, Ryan's Goliath Bard. Character name, Thrain Stonewind.
1: So we have Stormrider, Stoneheart, and Stonewind. Lots
2: of stones in it's there.
1: It's a very a
3: rock enthusiast. Yeah. I know. Yeah.
2: I know that's your criticism, but I actually have no idea how to spell my first name. What was neither. It? neither Your first name what? The first name of my character was it? Oh, your name was uh, Tharvok.
1: Tharvok. <laughs> T h a r v o k. Kind of cool. Do you guys? Do you guys like those names, or do you want to go another round?
2: T h r. What did you say? T h. I'm, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna reject these. No, I like Tharvok. I just don't like my last name. In yeah. fact, I should just go by Tharvok.
3: Yeah, we should all just go by our first names.
2: Okay, you want to do that?
3: Tharvok,
1: Greena, and Theron. Greena, Greena, G R I N N A.
3: I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I was named after my mom, Gina, but, <laughs> I, was, but I was a boy.
5: <laughs> Greena, <laughs>
1: Greena, and Thrain. Thrain, T H. R a i n. Yeah, that's Thrain. Thrain. If
3: Thrain. we had a kid, we'd be Thrina. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> All right, I'll go with
1: Thrain. Thrain. Okay, we'll we'll do those names, um, and then you. Uh, you wanted to
0: know what uh, Grina did as a kid?
3: Yeah what was what was his thing? Like, what's his talent?
0: As a child, Grina Stoneheart. Your peaceful orc Barbarian was a curious and spirited youngster who had a deep love for nature and the outdoors. She spent much of her time exploring the wilderness surrounding her orcs' tribe's camp. Here are some specific activities and interests that defined her childhood. Exploration, Grinna was an adventurous child who would often venture into the nearby forests, hills, and streams. Wildlife, she had a special bond with animals and would frequently be seen befriending local wildlife, from playful forest creatures to birds of prey. Stargazing, Grinna had a fascination with the night sky and would spend evenings lying on the grass, gazing at the stars. She believed that the stars held the secrets of the world and dreamed of distant lands beyond the horizon. Nature-based crafts, she developed a talent for crafting using natural materials, such as weaving baskets from reeds and making jewelry from colorful stones and feathers she found during her explorations. Grinna's childhood experiences fostered her deep connection to the natural world and her sense of peace and harmony with her surroundings. These early interests and adventures would shape her character as she grew into the peaceful and chill orc barbarian she is today. All right, what are some of your thoughts? I'm
3: going to pick two. Here's what I'm thinking. It's hilarious to me if this orc barbarian is also, like, the astrology <gasps> chick of, of the group. Oh, of like, yes. Well, yeah, like, of course you feel that way. Mer- Mercury's a <laughs> <in laughs> Mercury's
2: in the microwave. Again. I also
3: like the crafting, like, making friendship bracelets. and like.
2: Yes. Yes. Having out friendship bracelets. Now, because you're a Leo... Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: Carry this talisman with
2: Carry this talisman with you. I made it. Okay, so we'll go
1: with those two. I'll let them
3: know. Why the long face? That's a you're such a Gemini. You're such a Gemini. <laughs> <The thing laughs> is you'll learn how quickly how little I know about astrology. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Uh Ryan, let's go to you. What do you want to know?
4: I'd like to know a little bit more of the backstory. Like why why did Thrain decide to play the mouth harp? And then maybe also like what genre of music does he play? That's yeah. it. <laughs> this is great. It's, it's is he rocking out or like adult contemporary?
5: He's <laughs> <laughs> <has> got some <laughs> Kenny G
3: going. Or yeah, K-pop.
0: <laughs> Playing some George
2: Michael.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Little careless whisper going on. Boom
2: boom 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 boom. I can keep going.
0: Here's Thrain Stonewind's backstory, along with his decision to play the mouth harp and his preferred style of music. Backstory Thrain Stonewind, the Goliath Bard, hails from a secluded mountain clan known for its martial prowess and stoic traditions. From a young age, Thrain displayed an affinity for music, which set him apart from his clanmates. His passion for music grew as he secretly listened to the tales and songs of wandering bards who occasionally passed through the mountains. Mm -hmm. As Thrain reached adulthood, he made a daring choice to leave his clan and explore the world beyond the peaks. He wished to share the beauty and stories of his mountain home with the wider world through music, while also discovering new melodies and tales to bring back to his people. Why he chose the mouth harp? Thrain chose to play the mouth harp because it reminded him of the melodic tunes of the wind whistling through the mountain passes and the echoes of voices in the rugged canyons. Its simplicity appealed to him, allowing him to carry the instrument on his travels easily. Mm. He also loved the idea of creating music through his breath, much like the winds that shaped his homeland. Style of Music Thrain's style of music is inspired by the rugged beauty of the mountains and the tales of his people. He specializes in creating haunting and evocative melodies that capture the grandeur of the high peaks and the resilience of the Goliath spirit. His music often incorporates elements of both solemn ballads and lively tunes, reflecting the contrast between the harshness of his clan's existence and the moments of celebration and joy they share. Through his mouth harp, Thrain aims to bridge the gap between his clan's traditions and the outside world, using music as a means of connection and understanding. His performances are both a tribute to his roots and an invitation for others to appreciate the majesty of the mountains and the Goliath way of life.
2: All right, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Sounds like he's into rock music.
5: <laughs> yeah. So
4: no, that's good with. So he said mountains. Is that mountains, mountains are made of rock? Right? Made out of rocks. Yeah. Okay. No, that sounds fun. Uh, I didn't think of it that way, so that'll be an interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I kind of like interesting that. spin to put on it to to try to. Bring people together through his music.
1: Yeah, he seems very peaceful. I like the the thought of it, like being the noise that the the valley, the valley the, makes, yeah, or the wind the
5: makes wind as it go it. through. Yeah, it. yeah, that's pretty
4: cool.
2: Yeah, it definitely sounds like some sort of whisper <laughs> yeah. from a careless person. <laughs>
4: <laughs> all right,
2: let's do right. this.
1: Let's talk about what we want to do next. Uh, do we? I, I, I think we have a few more questions that we'll go through, and then I want to start building relationships yeah. between well, these that's, three.
5: That's where I'm kind
3: of thinking because I, I wanted to kind of try something to see what like Alex the Language would come up with. If like they, if he could come up with like a d themed university that we all met at, because we're all so different, it might be funny if it's like, like you we know, like I went to mates. Underdark. Community
5: college. <laughs> like. Well, I like. I, I know in the
1: previous season what we did was we picked two of you and we, we figured out how you two knew each other and then the next two and then the next two. So we could we could build that way. Or do you guys all want to be from a university? Or Who wants to be
3: college buddies with
2: <laughs> uh, I'm okay with being college buddies. That's
0: funny too. That's kind of fun. Okay. You want to be college buddies? Let's see what he comes up with. Let's create a D&D-themed university and a backstory for how Tyler, Maddie, and Ryan's characters met and became friends. Fantastic. University name, Arcanum Academy of Adventurers. Yes. Arcanum Academy of Adventurers triple, is a renowned institution a. located in a bustling city at the crossroads <laughs> of multiple realms. The university specializes in preparing aspiring adventurers for the challenges of the world. It boasts a diverse curriculum that covers a wide range of subjects, including history, combat training, magical studies, and the art of diplomacy. Backstory Tyler's character, Tharvok Stormrider, initially enrolled at Arcanum Academy of Adventurers to harness his innate sorceress abilities. He was drawn to the arcane arts, but sought to understand and control his powers to break free from Zephyrian's influence. Mm. Maddie's character, Grinna Stormheart, came to the university to study nature and ecology. She sought to learn more about the natural world and how to protect it, hoping to bridge the gap between the wilds and civilization. Ryan's character, Thrain Stonewind, attended Arcanum Academy to explore his passion for music and storytelling. He believed that music could be a powerful tool for diplomacy and cultural exchange, and he aimed to prove this to his skeptical Goliath clan. The three characters first crossed paths during an introductory course on adventuring ethics, where they found themselves in a heated debate about the responsibilities (laughs) and potential consequences of their chosen paths. Wow. Despite their differences, (laughs) their shared commitment to understanding the world, respecting its balance, and making a positive impact forged a strong bond of friendship. All right. How do you
1: guys feel about this Arcanum Academy of Adventurers? What was the I name of the
2: course it. again? It was uh, Ethics ethi- of Adventuring. Ethics <laughs> of adventuring. <laughs>
3: I was kind of hoping
1: it was.
5: Adventuring Ethics, yes. <laughs> adventuring <laughs>
1: Ethics.
2: <laughs> Honestly, out of the whole thing, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that there's a course 101, <laughs> 101. Ed- Adventuring Ethics.
3: We did a group project on murder hobos. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Avoiding PvP you guys yeah. did it. I just sat back and listened.
3: I was kind uh, of hoping it was going to be like my character sold your character's pot or something. No, like,
2: <laughs> no, no, definitely not. But it's I love a it. I'm show. just thinking like I'm just thinking like assignments. Assignments yeah, right. are coming from uh, adventure ethics of adventuring. It's like uh, you know, your first assignment is to write a report on why mixed alignment causes problems. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Chaotic neutral does not mean neutral evil. <laughs> it does not. <laughs>
2: Oh, man. Um, I think it's great. That's kind of funny.
1: <laughs> you know what, I'm going to ask him... I like the what, triple alpha. Yeah, Aaron, can well, you ask him what other courses we had together? No, I'm <laughs> going to ask him what... what what you guys studied in that uh, ethics course. Oh, I just okay. want yeah, right. yeah, to that see what that course series. was we're gonna about. we are got to suss yeah. out the lore here. Suss
2: out the lore. Give me some ethics
4: course and then give me two or
2: three <laughs> other courses that we what have. What kind of there.
4: university time period are we talking about here? Like, <laughs> oh my God. She's like, doing here? a whole syllabus here, guys. Oh, man. Oh, my God.
3: You've got to, like, screech at that and put it on Instagram yeah, we'll or something. <laughs>
2: all right
4: let's uh <laughs>
2: adventuring ethics can we get mid journey to create a logo made? I don't know mid Journey's really bad at or lettering
3: like, a, like yeah. a fraternity a fraternity <laughs> the
2: triple A the triple um,
1: also I kind of want to know do you guys want I think we should go this direction I think it's fun uh, do you guys want to be current students and we can have the adventure take place at the university
2: yeah we haven't graduated yet obviously. yeah that would be fun yeah, yeah.
5: this is our final group project how did you get involved the cult it kidding? was
2: it was college, early college. it was a long time ago yes, okay. look so some it, of us don't go to college until later in our lives
4: <laughs> that would be so funny so too this a community college
1: <laughs> yeah. you're,
0: you're later in your life okay. and still a virgin oh
5: did, hey wait a
0: second <laughs> all right here we go here are a few topics that tyler maddie and ryan's characters studied in the introductory course on adventuring ethics at arcanum academy of adventurers One, the role of adventurers in society. This topic explored Mm -hmm. the ethical (laughs) responsibilities and expectations placed on adventurers within society. So true. It discussed the balance between personal gain and the greater good. Oh, man. Two, cultural sensitivity and diplomacy. (laughs) Students learned about the importance of respecting and understanding the customs, (laughs) traditions, and beliefs of different cultures they might encounter during their adventures. They discussed how diplomacy could be a powerful tool for conflict resolution. Three, environmental stewardship. The course covered the ethical treatment mm, okay. of the natural world and the responsibilities adventurers have in this. preserving the environment. <laughs> it emphasized the impact of their actions on ecosystems and wildlife. Four, ethical decision making. Students examined various moral dilemmas that adventurers often face, such as choosing between saving an innocent life or obtaining a valuable artifact. Mm-hmm. They discussed the principles and ethical frameworks that guide decision making. 5. Responsibility to allies and companions. The course emphasized the importance of trust, teamwork, and loyalty among adventurers. Students explored the ethical obligations adventurers have to their fellow party members and allies. 6. The ethics of combat. This topic delved into the moral considerations surrounding combat, including issues like mercy, honor, and the use of lethal force. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Students debated when violence was justified and when alternative solutions should be sought. Seven, social and economic impact. Students examined the broader consequences of their actions on towns, cities, and economies. They discussed the ethical implications of their involvement in local and global affairs. These topics provided a foundation for ethical decision-making and encouraged thoughtful reflection on the role of adventurers in the world. All right, guys. You guys. No, no, no. Here, here's the, this is what this one shot's going
1: to be. It is going to be your final exam <laughs> for this class. And this, is, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> He's you got
3: go- a cult chasing and we're just trying to get an A. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can this I get a print a- out of syllabus? Wait, of this? We wait, are, wait, though. We Hold are on gonna, though. No, no. For this one shot, you guys <laughs> are going to take your final exam, your professor... Is going to test you in all seventy of these oh, things, man. <laughs> and we are going to grade I you accordingly. I did not sign up for this.
2: <laughs> I don't Wait, need homework. Can I just say though, real quick?
1: It's going to be a magic exam. Just yeah, so it'll
2: know. be magical. Yeah. Sure, whatever. Can I just say though, real quick? Just completely meta here, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody who plays D anD D should take this course. Because <laughs> <laughs> <of the truth. laughs> I'm just like I'm just sitting here thinking. I'm like the number yeah. of times, the number of times that like player's motivation is like entirely derived strictly in how much gold I'm going to get mm-hmm. from like, it's like, Oh, like people play D and D and they'll jump in and they're just like, Oh, I want to play, I want to play a, a, a neutral, good druid. And it's like, great. And then you get in there and they're just like, Oh, you want me to save your cat? How much are you going to pay me?
1: Yeah, right. Right. and also like, how many of you, when you cast the spell Fireball, think about the environmental stewardship that you have over <laughs> yeah. where uh-huh. it's going to hit? Well,
3: no, my my boyfriend's brand new to D anD D, right? Where he's mm. playing Baldur's Gate, and um, I was talking about Fireball, and I was like, when you're playing the game, the worst thing that could happen is the person playing the wizard asks how big the room is.
5: Yeah, <laughs> like that's when, you know, yes. well, and also Uh-oh. just like
3: the economy of like how much a gold piece is yeah. versus yes. like it's like you're asking these comments like shaking it's down. Old ladies,
2: it's true. Um, we're gonna do this, Jason. We're gonna take this, we're gonna. We're going to have Alex write some key points to all of this. We're going to put it into a PDF, and we're going to distribute it to all of <laughs> to our all the, we're <laughs> <need> <laughs> We can create a whole syllabus for this. Yeah, whole we'll thing. sell it for $1, and then the but people you know can what? buy it. In fact, we could start a new podcast
1: where we teach. I can print it on. The them. Ethics <laughs> of Adventuring. <laughs> the ethics of Adventuring. And we just go, welcome to Ethics of Adventuring 101. We all it. have to have characters, done, though, yeah. if
3: you do it like that. Yeah.
4: Like, that's <laughs> it.
2: No, we're doing it. It's, that's awesome. the, it podca- it's our second podcast, Ethics of Adventuring we're going to, we're, we Guest
4: the, professors and everything. Guest oh, yeah, professors. That'd be so
3: funny.
2: That's it.
4: Jason, write it down.
3: I'm a wizard. I'm a wizard. And
4: In class, yeah. Specific class ethics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be discussed. That's the university's no, the podcast or like radio
3: show.
2: <laughs> That's it. I love it.
3: All right.
1: so
4: uh,
3: This is great. Yeah, I love
1: it. Why I don't, don't we know. do this? Uh, I, I want to ask some questions about this class, right? I want to find out who the professor is. I want to find yeah. out that kind of stuff. Let you guys know those things because you'd know so. Okay. All right. Let's do this. You're going you're gonna to get a sneak peek. I, I asked it not what was on the final exam, but what the students think. Might be on the final exam, right? So we can just get a flavor for what uh,
4: getting PTSD over here. (laughs) I'm already done with school. I don't need to go back. And
1: hopefully, it's just reports. You guys will be writing reports in on live on the podcast.
3: This is going to be good radio, folks.
2: (laughs) Put the mic real close.
0: (laughs) Let's delve deeper into the adventuring ethics class at Arcanum Academy of Adventurers. Class name, Ethical Pioneers, A Guide to Adventuring with Integrity. Teacher, Professor Eloan Dustshaper. Professor Eloan Dustshaper is a seasoned adventurer and a renowned expert in adventuring ethics. She is known for her wisdom, fair-mindedness, and dedication to imparting a strong sense of ethics to her students. Expectations for the Final Exam As the final exam approaches, students are filled with a mix of anticipation and nervousness. They've spent the semester engaging in thought-provoking discussions, participating in ethical dilemma simulations, and even embarking on mini-quests to apply their learning in practical scenarios. Mm. Some students expect the final exam to be a written test assessing their theoretical knowledge of adventuring ethics. They believe it will consist of essays and multiple-choice questions about the course material. Others speculate that the final exam might involve a practical component, such as navigating a complex moral challenge during a simulated adventure scenario. Mm -hmm. They anticipate being faced with dilemmas that test their ability to make ethically sound decisions under pressure. There are also rumors circulating among students that Professor Dustshaper is known for her surprise twists and creative approach to testing. Some students suspect the final exam might involve a real-world adventure, complete with ethical challenges to overcome. Ooh, bum, bum, bum. As the day of the final exam draws nearer, the classroom buzzes with excitement and anxiety. The uncertainty of what awaits adds an extra layer of tension to the atmosphere, but it's clear that the students have grown and learned a great deal over the course of the semester. All right. Is it ethical mm-hmm.
2: usually Mm-hmm. to have an exam that is real, that has potentially unethical outcomes. Uh, you'd have to
1: ask
4: your professor that question. I just actually, actually in my a pho- philosophical oh, oh, question. Oh, never mind. <laughs> That's no, it's a different class. a different class, different class altogether.
1: <laughs> All right. The ethics exam.
3: I love it. And I love that also, yeah, Tyler's like this, you know, guy. He's an older guy returning to school. Because <laughs> it makes so much more sense with like our kind of goofy characters, right? We're just these fresh-faced college kids. He's outrunning a cult. We got an adventure to go on to pass the class.
2: Uh, is there anything else we want to know about the class? I feel like... Yes. We I'm know gonna, the teacher. What I, else I do we want I think you to guys know? need...
1: Uh, three what other we- students in the class that don't like you guys. <laughs> we need to
4: find out why. If it's, I mean, it's, Kale, if it's and Kale and Vesper, Vesper I
2: swear he already brought Zephyr on back. If Kale and Vesper show up,
4: should we roll? What all kind separate? of students are we?
5: Are we?
3: Yeah, I'm saying we should all roll yeah. a d20 to see what our current grade in the class. That's i was is. just gonna
4: ask, <laughs> what are we? What are we currently sitting at? All right, let's. Uh, How serious do I need to take this final?
0: Here are your um, nemesis. <clears throat> Here are three other students in the Adventuring Ethics class who do not have a favorable opinion of Tyler, Maddie, and Ryan's characters. Mm. One, Lucius Blackthorne. Lucius is a charismatic and ambitious human student who believes that success in adventuring should be measured primarily by personal gain and (laughs) glory. He has a competitive streak and often clashes with Tyler, Maddie, and Ryan's characters over their more altruistic and ethical views. F in the class. Lucius sees them as idealistic and naive, dismissing their values as impractical in the real world. Two, Serafina Nightshade. Serafina is a typhling student with a mysterious and enigmatic demeanor. She keeps to herself and rarely participates in class discussions. She views Tyler's character, Tharvok Stormrider, with suspicion due to his Tiefling heritage, believing that he might harbor dark intentions or connections. Mm-hmm. This suspicion has created an air of tension between them. 3. Brahm Iron Fist. Brahm is a dwarven student who takes great pride in his heritage and believes that tradition and honor are paramount in adventuring. He often criticizes Maddie's character, Grenna Stoneheart, for a peaceful and chill approach, wow. viewing it as a deviation from the warrior spirit of their people. He considers her perspective to be a weakness and is openly critical of her choices. Wow, so it looks like Ryan didn't get a... I was just
4: going to say, I don't have a, a nemesis. complete... A nemesis. I, yeah, I think you, I think you I got the first Drake, one. He just, Draco Malfoy he, is yeah, yours. Yeah, you got the... <laughs> okay. you got the human. Yes. Okay. What's you your like, last name again? I cannot remember. It's like Stoneheart. Stone. He's Stone going to be like, something Stoneheart. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: Hello, Stoneheart. da. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell
3: you what, though, if we ever end up making up with these guys seeing eye to eye, my character's going to weep. <laughs> oh, that's going to be so sad. <laughs> so right.
5: many tears. Oh. Thank you. I'm just, just so happy. Just so
1: happy. Let's see. Um, any final questions about your background, your character, anything before we close? I think the final last round? thing,
2: the one thing I would want to know as kind of a final round is I want to know if there's any negative side effects to being possessed like oh, good call. having the possession is one thing but like i want something to be like there's there's something that happens because of the possession it can't just be like a passive possession that would be like kind of lame this totally did not go the direction
5: <laughs> that. No, like,
2: oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> see that's one reason why i wanted to do it this way is because like what if we came up with this university and i already had yeah no like, this yeah, no plot. no this is great yeah Wait to get home and tell my wife, hey, we played DD. We came up with an ethics class and we're gonna take a final exam. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's gonna be so much fun. And your wife's gonna be like, You're nerds. Your Dungeons <laughs> well, and Dragons podcast. Yeah.
4: She is well aware. She's well aware that we're nerds, nerds, but we just hit another level
3: at
4: yes.
2: this point. Yes. 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 Actually, we're gonna get it accredited, and we're actually yeah.
5: Gonna, yeah, teach we're gonna, it gonna teach it at community <laughs> college.
1: Yeah. We're gonna teach then this and make our living. <laughs> professor right. <laughs> uh, by the way love you babe all right here we go
2: that's professor conforto to you
0: here are three mildly inconvenient and funny side effects of being possessed by zephyrion for tharvok Stormrider. one constant whispers zephyrion's presence manifests as a constant faint whispering in tharvok's ears even during waking hours it's as if a mischievous breeze is always tickling his ears with cryptic messages or nonsensical phrases. hmm
2: Okay.
0: This makes it difficult for Tharvok to concentrate during important conversations, often leading to comical misunderstandings. Two... Inexplicable Feather Storms, at random moments, Tharvak involuntarily summons a flurry of small, harmless feathers that swirl around him. Wow. <laughs> these feather storms are triggered by Zephyrian's influence and can occur during serious <laughs> negotiations, formal events, or even in the middle of a battle. Okay. Tharvok's attempts to control these feather storms usually result in amusing, feather-filled mishaps. Three. Daytime daydreams, Zephyrion occasionally imposes vivid daydreams upon Tharvak, causing him to momentarily lose focus on his surroundings. These daydreams might involve bizarre and surreal scenarios, such as floating in a sea of cotton candy or having a conversation (laughs) with a talking squirrel. (laughs) While harmless, these daydreams can be quite distracting and lead to hilariously awkward situations. I like how you had like the darkest character, a story, and now it's just like,
1: and now sometimes you have cotton candy I
3: dreams. <laughs> it sounds like this possession's mild, mildly
2: inconvenient at best. <laughs> Look, it's not it's not really that bad, everybody. I promise. It's not that bad. Um, I, d- I, d- I didn't like the first one as much as the other two. Well, you, I'm going to have you pick Daytime Dreams or Featherstorms. I can do more with Daytime Dreams. I think Daytime dreams Dreams would be the best one. Okay. Um, I would love the idea of just like completely zoning out and just going into this weird, like, Oh, just thinking about the cotton candy and, you know, finally graduating and moving on. You good? You good?
5: (laughs) You said this is
3: going to be on the test.
2: (laughs) Let's do it. Daytime dreams.
1: Okay. Uh, very good. Maddie, your final question.
3: Um, how did Greena embarrass himself on the day one of the class?
0: As Professor Aloen Duskshaper welcomed the students and began her introductory lecture, she encouraged class members to introduce themselves and share a little about their backgrounds. Grinna stood up and proudly declared, Hi, I'm Grinna Stoneheart, and I'm here to learn all about adventuring with integrity and peace. She flashed an enthusiastic smile and gave a peace sign, fully embracing her identity as a peaceful and chill or barbarian. The unexpectedness of her statement, along with the stark contrast between her gentle demeanor and the typical orc stereotypes, caught everyone by surprise. The class burst into laughter, including Tharvok, who couldn't help but <laughs> chuckle at Grinna's candid introduction. As the laughter subsided, Professor Dustshaper commended Grinna for a unique perspective and reminded the class that diversity of backgrounds and values was precisely what made the study of adventuring ethics so important.
3: You guys, I'm just so glad we're friends now.
1: (laughs) Are you going to cry the whole time during the podcast? Absolutely. That's great. Every good moment. That's great. All right, that was your big embarrassing moment. Not the
2: most embarrassing. It wasn't that embarrassing. It also uh, wasn't that embarrassing for me. But somehow it was yeah, like somehow. you really embarrassed Tarva. He laughed at yeah, you. Yeah,
3: but he feels like an
5: idiot. Look <laughs> like at him. He feels so
2: stupid. Professor put him How in dare his dare place. He chuckle. How
5: dare
4: he? All right, uh, <laughs> Ryan. Your final question. What do you got for me? Kind of want to know what will happen to the group, but m- more importantly to me if I fail this exam. Oh. You're on academic yeah. probation. Yeah. Oh, I like kind of want to know what student I am. You know, <laughs> yeah. is this like the last course I need to graduate? And if I don't do this,
3: so you're on everybody in the group project. Yeah,
4: I'm like everybody needs to get an A on this project because I'm not going back to the mountaintop. That's right.
3: If I go down, we all go down.
4: This is my third time taking
0: this class. <laughs> <laughs> Have to pass this. <laughs> I got a D. I passed. <laughs> If Thrain, Tyler, and Maddie's characters were to fail their final exam in the Adventuring Ethics class at Arcanum Academy of Adventurers, several consequences could occur. One, academic consequences. Failing the exam might result in academic repercussions, such as being required to retake the course or receiving a lower grade. This could impact their overall progress at the academy and potentially delay their graduation. 2. Reputation. A failing grade in an ethics class may tarnish their reputation among their peers and future potential employers or allies in the adventuring world. Mm-hmm. Others might question their ability to make ethical decisions and trust them less. 3. Unresolved ethical dilemmas. The characters may carry the burden of unresolved ethical dilemmas they encountered during the exam. This could lead to personal moral conflicts and self-reflection as they second-guess their choices. Mm-hmm. 4. Missed opportunities. Failing the exam might close doors to certain quests, affiliations, or alliances that require a strong ethical foundation. They could miss out on opportunities for noble quests or cooperation with organizations that value integrity. 5. Continued learning. On a positive note, failing the exam could serve as a learning experience. It might motivate them to delve deeper into ethical studies and seek guidance from Professor Duskshaper to improve their understanding of adventuring ethics. You can view this as Overall, an While failing the exam might have immediate consequences, it could also offer a chance for character growth and development as Thrain, Tyler, and Maddie's characters navigate the aftermath and seek to rectify their perceived shortcomings in the realm of ethics.
4: It doesn't sound like the consequences are going are to be dire. that dire.
5: I love the
2: I, I love the idea of it being like you get a certificate and like you like <laughs> when you're going to get jobs be like I, kinda, I got my it, I got my certificate in ethics you can believe me and know that I will take care of your things and make sure I return everything as I said I would
3: or like your character's constantly trying to network and so like you're just like
4: working. show us your certificate
2: yeah, yeah could you uh, add me on chain linkedin
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Or what's the D and D version uh, of LinkedIn? That's it, chain LinkedIn. Chain LinkedIn.
5: Ah, <laughs> oh, you oh! got it. Oh. I'm such a fool. <laughs> all right,
3: all right.
1: All right. Uh, so I asked uh, Alex just final question to give us a, a recap <laughs> of everything we discussed today. So we'll see how he does. <laughs> Sometimes it, uh, this does not
0: work. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a brief recap of the key elements we've discussed for your D&D one-shot adventure featuring Thrain, Tharvok, and Grinna at Arcanum Academy of Adventurers. Setting The adventure takes place at Arcanum Academy of Adventurers, a prestigious university specializing in adventuring ethics and training for aspiring adventurers. Characters Your three players, Thrain Stonewind, a Goliath Bard, Tharvok Stormrider, a Tifling Sorcerer possessed by Zephyrion, and Grinna Stoneheart, a peaceful Orc Barbarian, are college friends who've bonded over their studies in Adventuring Ethics. Backstory, the characters met at the Academy and formed a unique bond through their shared values and experiences in the Adventuring Ethics class taught by Professor Alon Duskshaper. Plot, the adventure centers around the character's final exam in the Adventuring Ethics class. They'll face ethical challenges, dilemmas, and decisions that test their character and principles. Side effects, Tharvok's possession by Zephyrion causes amusing daytime daydreams, leading to comedic and distracting situations. Classmates, three other students in the class, Lucius Blackthorn, Seraphina Nightshade, and Bram Ironfist, don't share the same favorable opinions as your characters and often clash with them. Consequences, failing the final exam could lead to academic repercussions, damage to their reputation, unresolved ethical dilemmas, and missed opportunities. However, it also offers a chance for growth and learning. With these elements in place, your D&D one-shot adventure promises to be a humorous, thought-provoking, and entertaining experience as your characters navigate the challenges of the exam and the dynamics within their class. For your D&D one-shot adventure set in Arcanum Academy of Adventurers with Thrain, Tharvok, and Grinna, you might consider naming it. Ethical Escapades, The Final Exam. Oh yes, This title reflects the central theme of adventuring ethics and the characters' quest to pass their final exam while encapsulating the humorous and adventurous aspects of the story.
1: All right, very good. Thank you, Tyler, Maddie, and Ryan for joining us on this uh, character creation episode of Ethical Escapades, the final exam. (laughs) We will, uh, next time we meet... Oh, next time we have an episode, you guys won't be here. I'm going to prepare the final exam with uh, Alex the Language Lord and your professor. And we're going to come up with uh, all sorts of ethical dilemmas and papers for you to write and essays to turn in. And then after we've done that, we'll gather back together and we'll play the
0: ethical escapades, the final exam. Time to take these guys to school. Join Jason and I next time in our DM prep where we create Arcanum Academy of Adventurers on this season of Adventure AI, Ethical Escapades, The Final Exam.